I don't even have a mascot. That's a mistake. Do we? I don't know. Does the hand count as a mascot? Uh, I don't think so. We need a mascot. You couldn't dress up as the hand. We I mean, I guess you could, but... Oh. Hmm. That might be TCL's next Halloween costume. <laughs> <laughs> With articulated high-five action. Oh, yeah, obviously. Not just when you fall over. <laughs> We, got, we have more space. We do have a lot of space this week. Can you hear the space? I have no idea. I'm not, I don't have headphones on, Jody. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> I and actually, know. I can see that you don't because I can, I can, I can see you. But yes, once again, yeah. recording mm-hmm. face-to-face. Are we on the show already? It's a show. Okay. Do you need to do the... Hi, Jody. How are okay. you? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, listeners, here we are. We are at the workshop again. I feel like it might be echoing now that I'm talking louder. I don't know. Do we need to quick hit sample this? Do we need to do we need to agile agile edit this? I don't know what that means. Stop recording, pop it out and see if it sounds like H. <laughs> well we can do that anyway. We just just uh how does this work? Could be too finicky. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds fine to me, Jody. What do you think? <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh yes. I, as best uh, as we could tell from the internal speaker of the dingus. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Tiny Tiny so, non-echoey speaker does not reveal echoey room. Check. So, listeners, if the sound quality is not what you're used to from your friends that at least are trying, we, we apologize, but we did at least make that one small effort in that direction. <laughs> so what's going on this week, Jody? Uh, I got a huge week. Got a, yeah? Uh, yeah. Got a ninja test on Friday. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I'm surprised you can see that coming. Yeah, I would well, they expect to... a ninja test to just surprise you. Mm. No, the, the the that comes much later. Okay. Yeah, when they don't tell you when they're going to try and hit you with the sword, they okay. just come up behind you. Yeah, that seems like how you'd test a ninja, no. or how a ninja would test you. Either way, that's how it works. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> the uh, the most dangerous test. Okay, so ninja test on Friday, you said? On Friday, huh. uh, yes. Wish me luck. I think I think I'll do okay. Although I've I've had a Cold recently, been back, been. I'm pretty much over it now. But um, in the last week, I was just sort of, you know, not a bad one, but a yeah, just bleh. yeah. I feel like I'm right on the edge of some low grade bullshit right now myself. But you know what they say about luck. Speaking of which, the more you practice, the luckier you, you get. Yeah, that's uh, Ben Hogan. Ben Hogan. I think so. Okay, there you go. Ben Hogan. Matt <laughs> with golf quotes. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I also have a big week. Coming up, uh, while you're taking your ninja test, while you're being surprised or not surprised by swords, I will be in Las Vegas. Oh, yes. It's been suggested that we should record from Las Vegas. Well, one of us would, would be doing. I Basically, I think that they just want to like ambush me in the room yeah, and, yeah. and interfere with the recording process. I think that's what they want. So many double-ender from Vegas jokes right Ooh. now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it could be all right. It could be all right. I don't know. Will you be? Will your? Um, will at least you're trying headquarters west be secure for recording by then? Will that be? You know, that'll be the weekend. It'll be the weekend. It'll be the weekend. Right. Should be. I think so. All right. Well, we, well, oh, yeah, we could try it. Right. I don't know. I think we should at least try. Don't know what uh, what your what your internet's going to be like there. Well, I'll probably have to pay like $12 to have it for 24 hours or something in the room, but, you know, we're staying at, uh, we're staying at a fancy, well, I don't know how fancy it is. I've, I've, I've never been to Vegas, Jody. Have you? I have. You, um, when were you there? I was there for Ski's Bachelor Party. Oh, the original. Yeah. Yeah, I missed that. I was out of the, out of the States. Any, any fond recollections? That might have been the only time I've been there. TCL drinking out of a coin cup for mm. almost the whole trip. It was, I heard about that. It was quite disgusting. That's revolting. And, and it was really revolting. He did wash it out a bit. I, I don't think there's any, what? any amount of washing. You know, the hotel yeah. shampoo conditioner, he just spritz a little bit of that in there yeah. to try to get the, the, the worst of the coin dust out of there. Conditioner is not what you need. It's, uh, no. no. It's thermite is the answer <laughs> you're looking for there. But yeah, he drank out of that the whole weekend and strangers were coming up to him and saying, uh, you do realize... What that cup is, right? And he'd be like, "Yeah, sure." And he'd take a big swig. It was that hilarious. Clean, dude. <laughs> not, not clean. I don't care if it is in the desert. That was not clean. Yeah. Uh, no, I've never been. Uh, I've never been to the state. 
let alone wow. the city. Huh. Any any tips and tricks? Uh, hmm. Functional components? I know you're not a gambler. No, no. Um, I, like, I like a little bit of roulette. Yeah. I like about $40 worth of roulette, and yeah. then I'm done. Um, they do bring you stuff, though, if you're gambling. Yeah, I've heard this. But I just couldn't. I couldn't make that work. Uh, yeah, so. I have a feeling it won't work for me either. People keep saying, oh, yeah, you know, you you, so you slow roll the penny slots, and you get free gin and tonics all day. I, I have a feeling this is not going to work out for no, me. No, it's not going to work out, because the... That's boring. The servers don't it, – one, it's boring, and it's super loud. You don't want to be right next to those awful, awful machines. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, and the servers don't, like, go find you at the penny slots. Like, no. You know, they're cruising the blackjack There's not tables. a button on the machine? No, it's not, a, it's not an airplane, Matt. You can't just poke Well, the... I've seen this at the at the local casino. There's a there's a drink button on the machine. You push mm-hmm. it to summon uh, a um, – This does a, not a, scale. A, a drink wench. To Vegas – Levels you have Ooh, no idea. You have no idea what you're getting into here. No, I really don't. Um, yeah, the, like I don't really think our local like ca- that much. Our lo- no, nobody does. Our local casino is at least an order of magnitude smaller than what you're what you're about to get into. Than even the single casino that we're going to be staying. Yes. In? Okay. That's what I mean. You know which one we're staying. One casino. No, I don't. It doesn't okay. matter. They're all enormous. Okay. Um, I don't want to reveal too much. <laughs> right. You're already going to get ambushed trying to record there. Yeah. Right. So right. well, we have uh, okay. a lot of fans on the West Coast. From here's, what I've heard, Jay. here's my functional component for you. Go ahead. Is uh, watch the other people gamble. Mm-hmm. Hang out with them by the table. Yeah. See if you can learn some of the rules. Um, can, I, can I still get drinks that way? Well, yes. They should be able to, you know, get a double, or you know, get a couple of things, hopefully. Yeah. And then you should, if you play it right, you'll have somebody at the roulette table, somebody at the craps table. Somebody at the video poker, and you can just you know rotate, and, no, and maybe okay. the server won't even see you snagging beverages <laughs> from the players. <laughs> uh, that doesn't sound. That actually seems like good advice. Thank you, Jed. And, and, and otherwise, it's just kind of fun to watch our friends gamble. I don't. I don't know why, but yeah. I, I did enjoy that. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not into it myself. It seems uh, overpriced for the amount of enjoyment I, I get from it. Oh, absolutely. That is. Yeah, it's not a good. You know, if I can make 40 bucks go for like an hour on a roulette table, I'll be honest, I'm pretty entertained because I'll be up a bit and then down a bit and then up a bit. And every once in a while, I'll win $200 and then I'm like, whoa, I'm done. $200. <laughs> I'm out of here. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go hit the strip with my $200. Go, go. Hit the strip. Like I've been there before. Steak but dinner. Yeah. 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 Get a steak dinner. <laughs> steak dinner for me and one other person. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah. You'll, have, you'll definitely have fun though. I'll have fun, but it won't be because of the gambling. Now, there's talk of us renting a van to maybe drive to the Hoover Dam or maybe to like Area 51 or the Extraterrestrial Highway or some crap like that. Uh, actually, Area 51 would, you know, be just drive up to be, be interesting, be turned away at the gates. Yeah, or just, uh, you know, I've never been to the Hoover Dam either. That'd be cool. Yeah, uh, I guess John will has because he said it was. Pretty mind blowing in person. And I think it would be. You know, you you see it on film, and when you're in the theater and it's all yeah. big, it seems impressive. But I bet it's, you know, yeah, that curva- the curvature of that thing would be a whole different deal in person. Hmm. All right, Vegas. Yeah, Vegas, Vegas. So we may or may not record from Vegas. Judging by our previous, uh, we we we've, we've talked previously about recording when I'm in remote locations, and it has literally never happened. Yeah. That's true. So if I were a betting man, which I'm obviously not, <laughs> I would bet against us recording from Vegas. Yeah. But since TCL and several other listeners, the Tim Gallon Hat Man, for example, uh-huh. uh, Ski, uh, who else? We don't have a pseudonym for everyone, but oh, Pat, obviously famous from the forthcoming Patcast, <laughs> they're going to be there. So maybe they'll maybe they'll be able to goad me. I'll bring the I'll bring the kit. We'll see. All right, all right. I'll bring the kit. So you you said that uh, that you had a little bit of feedback. Following the last episode from a listener or or two, yeah, because um, I think our first incidents of episode length hmm. um, feedback, hmm. which I think every podcast will uh, run into at some point and probably continually. Well, it depends how long. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure almost no one will ever. You know, the only way people are going to be happy with the length of an episode if it is the exact length of your commute. 
And you know, so I, it's never it's never going to be perfect for anybody. Uh, although the request from Mr. Pieces was to cap it at forty five minutes, which I think we might have been close to last episode. I think we were under it last episode. It was like thirty five or thirty eight. I thought was it really? I don't, so I, I know he listened to that one. So okay. Mr. Pieces, that one was short. I don't can't swear <clears throat> about this one. Uh, <laughs> this but, one doesn't uh, look like it's going to yeah, be he's, short. He, he he's got a, a different commute now. He scored himself a new job. Mm-hmm. I think he's liking it, so congratulations. Oh, congratulations, Mr. Pieces, on the new new gig. All right. Um, well, I, I have had, uh, I, I did mention in the robot that I have the one other person who gave me feedback on the length of the episodes, saying that they were too long, uh, is a non-listener. So, oh, well that, yeah, so I don't care about no, that. that. There's no reason to care about that. No. Right. I mean, are they, are they, you know, in Australia with a data cap or something? Why do they, why do they care? Oh man, they're stingy with data in Australia. Yeah, yeah. it's weird. No, uh, but there was a, there was other feedback uh, following the show. Just I don't know if it was about last episode specifically, but on Saturday morning when I showed up very tardy for our recording <laughs> date here at the workshop, uh, so tardy in fact that we were not actually able to record. There was some secondhand feedback that came to us. From our apparently a loyal listener that we're going to be from now on we're calling we're calling Big Rig Big Rig right yeah so Optimus J our, oh that's way better <laughs> what? are we going to change to that now uh huh Optimus J this is definitely Optimus J okay Optimus J so Optimus J said that you know he puts a he, he's a he's a big rigist he's a he's a loriest he puts a a lot of a lot of seat time in if you know what I mean and he has a, a serious Radio, satellite radio, satellite radio, what have you, and listens to a lot of nationally syndicated shows. And the feedback that he wanted passed on from him was that he thought our program was as good as, or was of the caliber as these other nationally syndicated satellite radio talk shows. That's really nice to hear. Isn't that so? Isn't that so nice? I, yeah, yeah, I know. Trying, I, I blushed when I heard trying that. Trying not to, to get a big head about that. But, no, uh, no, that was really really Can't cool it, to hear. Can't so. let it go to our head. But but thank you, Optimus J. <laughs> and thanks for listening. Oh man, Matt totally won the pseudonym episode. Oh. Pseudonym game for this episode. Um, there were there were questions about the the on air. You know, there's that weird moment in the last show where there was the the clinking. Of hardware in a plastic bag. Yeah, we got a weird delivery. Yeah. Uh, so, do you want to go ahead and reveal what that was? Yeah. So, it was a plastic bag with some string and some like some some hooks and screws, mm-hmm. screw eyes and stuff in it. Some drywall anchors of various, yeah, various um, sorts. I had the facepalm moment uh, a couple days later when I thought to myself, uh, because uh, the delivery man would not tell us what it was, and then a couple days later I realized, oh my gosh, that's the Bimini uh, hook. Ring toss, uh, the ring toss game, where yeah. where there's a, a string on the ceiling with a with, yeah. a, with a metal ring on it. Well, you got to try to swing it over to the wall and hang it on the hook. I actually um, thought I thought that was what it was immediately when I saw it, but I didn't I didn't want to feel foolish and guess incorrectly. <laughs> okay. Uh, so after this the show, when we came out and then hung out for several more hours uh, frying things or whatever we did that night, I, I said, "What what the hell is this?" And he says, "How dare you." <laughs> <laughs> And I said, well, the only thing I could think of was that it was this, like, super beefy industrial version of the Bimini ring toss. And he said, exactly. Okay. So he did tell me that night. Okay. Uh, but um, how often do you have this experience? Because it happens to me more, way more often than I like, where I feel reasonably confident in a piece of knowledge or a prediction about, the, about something or whatever, but I don't vocalize it because I don't want to be wrong. I don't want to be wrong out loud. And I would rather go back afterwards and say, I knew that. I knew that. I knew it. I knew it. Like I just did on the show. Yeah. Uh, which is like a douchebag move because, first of all, now, now nobody knows if you're right or not. But it's, is it equally douchey or, or is it more visionary to just go ahead and, and come forth with your, with your proclamation and then, you know, with a certain percentage of the time you're going to be, you're going to be incorrect. Yeah. I don't know. I, pro- I probably feel that more. Lately, maybe it's just getting older. Uh, I, I'm choosing to think it's the love getting older. By the way, yeah, I'm choosing to think it's the the effect of the the more mastery you get on a subject, the more humble you are about it. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, maybe that's just silly. And well, I, I think there's a name for that effect, but um, the reverse Dunning Kruger. We already <laughs> covered that. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, <laughs> he named I, an episode after uh, it. Shoot. Uh, yes, I've also been chastised about not remembering what I say on my own podcast. Hmm. But like I told the that's uh, weird the TCLP, I'm under a lot of cognitive load here dealing with Matt, trying to rein Matt in, trying to keep him, you know, from going on too long. She liked that. She thought that was funny. Topic. Yes, she thought that was pretty funny. She thought it would make a good episode title, actually, "Cognitive Load." Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, you're, I think at this point, since we've both been distracted just briefly by your dog, we should mention that Crash Dog is in the in the studio. Yes, third co-host. <laughs> you may hear him clicking around. I can hear him click. He, he hardly ever barks. Well, if we could get him to bark, that'd be. He's in a strange place. He probably won't feel comfortable <laughs> enough to bark. Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna bite me in the face. I'm not gonna push this this any further. Uh, he looks, man. He looks old. No, he is old. How old is he? He is about to turn 12, I think. Yeah, that's, that's, that's decent. I mean, he looks, uh, his body, his posture is still excellent. Yeah. Like, he seems very upright and very pointy, very poised to, yeah. to jump up and bite the face at any moment. Well, he's still, uh, you know, he's but still it, with it. Um, yeah, seems he, sharp. He, he definitely does not take the stairs as casually as he once did. Hmm. He will think about whether or not he really wants to be upstairs or downstairs. How tall of a person can he currently bite in the face? I don't think he can get up to my face anymore. Oh, really? So they've got to be less than six feet. I, I don't know. We'd have to test this on you or your mustache, maybe. <laughs> there must be some other way we could test it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, we'll have to design something. All right. Later. All right. Well, uh, moving on. I, I know Well, we both know how much our, our listeners like it when we talk about running. So, so, you, so <laughs> you've, been, you've been running. I, I I did. I had a good week. I ran three times last week, and it's it's usually a huge struggle for me to run more than twice. Like I can get two in, but sure. that third one is just so hard. And it shouldn't be right. There's seven freaking days, right? It should be easy enough. I'm only asking to run on three of them, but it's it it's weirdly hard. It's you know a combination of work and. And the way I spend my free time and, and, you know, commitments to, to family and friends. But it's just hard to get that third one in. But I was pleased I got the third one in last week. And the reason I mention it is because, because I feel like I guess if I say it on the, on the show, then I'll have to follow through. Repeat it. Yeah. Okay. The holidays were not, uh, I, I put, a, I put on a little padding this holiday season. Huh. Uh, a few, few pounds. That's unlike you. Well, no, it's like me. Okay. But I'm usually pretty good at, at getting it right back off. Okay. Uh, because I'm pretty good at overindulging when it comes to the, the food and the drink and the, the excess calories, but I'm usually also pretty good at, at shedding it. And uh, this week I felt pretty good. Like finally my, you know, three runs, three good runs, you know, a couple of three plus milers and a four miler. Uh, you nice. know, you know, I, I, this will, this will get things. At the end of the week, my weight will be lower than at the beginning of the week. False. Turns out, not, not so much. <laughs> oh, no. So, and I don't feel like I ate that much, or, and I didn't drink during the week. I, like, I don't know. Ooh. So, apparently, getting older is, um, is, is making this even harder. Like, it's, like, I already knew, cause there was a certain time where I didn't have to, where it didn't matter. I didn't have to run. I could just eat whatever the hell, and, you know. Yeah. You know, everybody's familiar with, the, with these stages. Well, everybody older than me. Uh, <laughs> but, it, you know, there's a certain time where it didn't matter at all, and then it started to matter, and I, okay, so I adapted, I started, I started a running habit, and that worked really well. You know, the running habit allowed me, allowed me to keep up the eating habit. But, uh, I, I, man, I don't know. I think I might have to go to back to the, the, uh, the dingus on my phone where I log all my calories or whatever. Try to get, try to get, a about 10 pounds off. Huh. Wow. Oh, and then this, so this brought up, all right, so the other day, I had a, uh, a girl have a sort of like dissociative episode in my class. It was actually kind of scary. So the class, yes. the class was over and her head was, her head was down and I hadn't noticed. Uh, and then the, and afterwards, the kids around her were trying to wake her up and I kind of noticed out of the corner of my eye, you know, and they were like, oh, you know, what's your name? Let's make up a fake name for her. Um, Sally. Sally, you know, wake up, Sally, Sally. Bell ring, Sally, Sally, and then I come over and I'm like, I shake the girl by the shoulders like forcefully, and she's just like a rag doll. Oh no! And I'm like Sally, <laughs> and then I sit her up, and you know, and her head just rolls back, and she's got you know spit just dribbling down her face, and and, and she kind of starts shaking, 
And I, I grabbed the kid. I said, put your hands here on her shoulders. Do not let her fall over. Do not let her fall out of this seat. I'm going to call somebody. Called the office. They got the, you know, the whatever the orange team or whatever the f*** they're called. They got them uh, scrambled. Orange or- team, go. Orange team, scramble. <laughs> and the orange team, because we don't have, I guess we don't have a, I don't know, we're in between nurses or something at, at the local high school at which I work. So the really, the muscle in the orange team, the only doctor on the, on the premises as far as I know, is the school psychologist, who's a really great guy, plays in a blues band, wears a cape. That's neither, neither here nor there. All the time or just on stage? Just when he's playing in the blues band. Okay. Not at, not at school. Uh, so he, he comes in and, you know, and they, they get the, they call 911 because the girl is, she's, she's shaking, she's non-responsive. But uh, I took her pulse before they got there and her pulse was steady. And he agreed and I said, you know, her pulse seems steady, her respiration is, is steady, but she's non-responsive and she's shaking and like, kind of f***ing scary. So, yeah, so they get a wheelchair in there, they wheel her out, you know, an ambulance comes, she goes to whatever the, the family's preferred hospital was, parents meet her there. So he comes back to tell me what's going on later in the day, which I really appreciated. He's a, he's a good guy. Because I wanted to know, you know, what's up with my kid? You know, was she having an actual Because I didn't think she was really seizing. It didn't seem like that to me. It seemed like more of a, like, blood sugar kind of episode. Yeah, that, you know? that definitely could be hypoglycemia. Sure. Yeah, something something more along those lines. But he came back and he said, you know, she's there's something up. It's undiagnosed. They're working on it. Uh, she's just going to be back at school. Uh, and, and you know, we just, everybody's got to keep an eye on, uh, on this girl. Because this was the third episode at school. Whoa. But anyway... And then he says, so that was a total derail. He said, you know, have you heard about the, I don't know how we got on this topic. He said, you know, this thing with our, our health plan. So the health insurance that we have as teachers, the company that insures us has this new plan, this new incentive reward thing where they basically throw money at you. You know, they, they it's like points, like credit card points that you earn by being active. Sure. And they're like, oh, you should, you should get hooked up with this, uh, let's call it, let me make up a, uh, we'll call it the vivaciousness plan. Uh, so, you know, you get, you get vivacious points by, <laughs> by having a certain number of steps per day and by, you know, doing exercise activities. And so, like, I've already, and he looks at his wrist and he's like, I've already got, almost got my 10,000 steps for today. So, uh, and you get the points and you can spend them on Amazon. Anything on Amazon. And he's like, you should, you should sign up. And I was like, well, how do they, how do they know you're not just making this sh- up, you know, sure, I could claim, sure. yeah, I ran a marathon today, guys. Or put your pedometer in your bespoke <laughs> wooden geared watch winder thingy. Well, I was thinking the clothes dryer, but that's good too. <laughs> um, but, you know, so he's got he's he's wearing a Fitbit, and that's linked up with the Vivacious program, and he's also got an internet capable scale. Okay. So he stands on a scale every day, <laughs> and it uploads his weight to his so his health insurance company is aware of his weight and how many steps he takes per day. It's all uploaded directly to them. And he gets points to spend on Amazon. So, and I, and I said, well, you know, I already run and, and, and stuff, you know, not as often as I should, but somewhere between zero and three times per week. And, uh, and he said, oh, you know, then it'd be great. You know, you're, if you're not on this program, you're just, you're throwing money away. You're getting, you know, I got, he told me I got a new, you know, fancy blender off of, uh, Amazon or whatever. Yeah. So, I don't know. How do you how do you feel about this? I have a feeling your tinfoil hat is way too thick for this. Uh, I kind of. I mean, the, the insurance companies I've used have have always done like free gym memberships and stuff. I've never actually seen one that will collect data like this. Mm-hmm. I guess I knew they were out there. I I don't know. I guess they've got all my health data anyway. So right, maybe, they have your medical record. Maybe he's right. I mean, it's hard hard to see the harm from this. Yeah, but in aggregate, mm. sometimes these things get pretty weird. Yeah, I don't know, you know and I, I don't, I don't know what the situation would be like if you're when you're switching, switching carriers, switching carriers when you're, and, and you know, are they going to share that information with the next company? Like, oh no, no, we only want the high steppers. We only want the high steppers <laughs> uh, coming from you. We're not going to insure anybody else. Did you hear about the smart socks that were uh, rolled out at CES? Oh, no, we can't talk about wearables we can't. on this all show. Right, right, no right. wearable computing no. on this show. Because it'll literally tell you about your weight distribution during your golf swing. I'm just saying. Okay, that's kind of cool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
But they would know how high you were stepping, and they could tell you, or they could tell your uh, <sighs> your insurance company. Sucks. Which I, oh. computational sucks. I'm gonna I'm gonna redact what I was about to say uh, because I don't want to be the first one to actually violate Godwin's law on our podcast. <laughs> yeah. Moving this on. Is almost a year and moving. On, not a single Godwin violation that uh, I'm aware of that I recall. Yeah, listeners, if you can think of. Uh... Godwin's law violation. Watch. Some, like, somebody right, will get right back in, to us. Yeah. <laughs> somebody will get back to us and say, yeah, no. Episode two. <laughs> you already screwed the pooch. Uh, I do not remember episode two. Anyway, moving on. Hey, on a run recently, I ran into a classmate of ours. And I mean from our high school. Okay. From our high school IB program. Wow. Yes. And as I said in the robot, she already has a pseudonym, so I don't even have to have to worry about making one up on the spot. Right, right. You ready for this? Okay. Port dog. <gasps> awesome. <laughs> yeah. How is she? I ran into Port Dog on the street. She's good. She she seems she seems good. She was there it was sad circumstance because she was packing up I think it was her dad's house who had died. Mm. And he apparently lived just blocks from, from where I live in okay. the Heights. But she and her brother were there and they had a they had a truck. And I was driving by or not driving, I was running by yeah, listening to a podcast as I do. And I saw her, and I saw her, and I looked, and she was talking to somebody else who was looking for something, which is weird. And I, I just, I had to just stop and wait till she was, and you know, pause my podcast and say, "Is your name Port Dog?" <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, "Yes. Who are you? I know you. Who are you?" <laughs> and I told her who I was, and uh, yeah, awesome. and so then we, we we stood there for ten or fifteen minutes catching up. Cool. She works. She lives in New York. Okay, I thought she was out of state, yeah. She works for a private investigation firm. Oh, cool. That's, well, that's what I said. I was like, well, this sounds interesting. And she says it's really not. It, it Not nearly as much as it sounds. They specialize in sort of corporate, you know, she says corporate kind of cases. I'm like, what, corporate espionage? That could be cool. She's like, no, it's still not cool. It's like, it's like people defrauding the companies they work for. Oh, okay. So rogue employee cases. Yeah, right. I guess. Well, she says it's know. it's pretty dull most of the time. Get your, but get your get your Kevin Mitnick on and yeah. I told her about the podcast. All right, cool. So so we'll see. Poor dog in the house. Poor dog. If you're out there, how the back. Hey, by the way, where would a poor dog or any other listener uh, send feedback about the show oh. if they wanted to reach us directly? Uh, Alpha Lima Yankee Tango dot show at gmail dot com. Interesting. All right. Well. Moving on, what else we got in the uh, the FFB? Did some vanity searching. What do you mean? I was Googling our show, mm-hmm. and uh, we came up pretty strong for uh, at least your trying podcast. So that was that was fun to see. Okay, I think I saw well, you you posted that. I, I did. I put the right. picture on the uh, on the Blue Social Network. But you did that from your own computer. Wouldn't that be highly contaminated by your activities online? Or is your tinfoil hat stronger than that? It was an incognito tab, Matt. Okay. I'm not an idiot. All right. All right. <laughs> well, that makes you feel even better. Good. All right. All right. Uh, okay. Anyway. Uh, Were there secret agents standing behind you? Not as far as I know. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I, I want to make it to that level, honestly. To really be spied on? Where there are secret agents standing behind us. Okay. I mean, not right now, obviously. We're in a pretty secure location. No. That's why I brought the dog. Yeah. Yeah. The dog's been quiet. Except dog. <laughs> uh, fix my bed. Like I promised. Yeah, there's a picture. That's the new background picture. Ties and anger. Oh, that's that's the new background at the the top of. uh, Since we're here, you you can actually show me the Facebook while we're while we're doing this. Yeah, (laughs) awesome. Yeah, my drill even pooped out before I could get to the 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 very last hole. I wanted one more hole down there. Oh my god! Your partner just liked our most recent post. All right. She said she. She doesn't listen to the show, no, but she, she does. She said she got chastised the other the, the other night here at the workshop. Oh, by whom? For not listening by lots of people. Really? Apparently, yeah. Well, you know, we have some some dedicated friends. Uh, dedicated friends. I meant to say fans, but they are. Our <laughs> <laughs> They're all our friends. <laughs> Honestly, really. I mean, <laughs> who are we kidding? Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. I'm gonna step on the gas if you wanna if you wanna rant on on uh, on your big topic here. Mm. All right. Well, the topic the topic was, and this was my idea, so I'll introduce it. The topic was conventional wisdom, and I like that phrase, but I like it in a 
different way now that I've been a devoted skeptic for a few years. So what does that phrase mean to you, conventional wisdom? So I get I get a few things. Um, I I probably don't associate it with the with any of the pseudoscience stuff you're about to, about to throw at me. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, so could be common sense, you know, in a good way. Mm-hmm. That's a you know, it's a good rule of thumb. It's a good rule to live by. It's a good one to grow on. Heuristic. Heuristic. It's a good word. I like heuristic. That word. Heuristic. But uh, I would say the other side of that is sort of a, you know, I don't want to be gender normative, but wives' tale, you know, something that's mm. kind of made up. It might be kind of silly. Right. Um, right. Actually, my, my... Like vinegar cures everything. Sure. Castor oil. Uh, <laughs> my wife was throwing good ones at me right, right before I, I oh, came really? here to leave. Yeah. Um, now she should know. Yeah. She had a bunch of them. Uh, one, one Did of you them, write these down? Where are your index I, cards? I, I didn't. She, what the hell? She was teasing me for not writing them down, but then wasn't serious about me writing them down. Just wanted to make me laugh before I left. Um, but the, well, that's nice. the one that she pointed out, uh, which I'd, I'd never heard before, which is hilarious, is uh, some, I think they're um, Arabic acquaintances of hers. They say if you get a sudden change in temperature or if mm-hmm. a fan blows on you the wrong way, mm-hmm. you'll get a slap of air and you'll get a bellyache. Okay, that's a new one, maybe. <laughs> so but yeah, there's the a lot of the there's a lot of uh, ugh, yeah. You're right. Wife's tale seems a bit ping pong, but there's a lot of that around sudden changes in temperature. And there's a lot of you know, oh, I'm gonna get a cold because you're cold because I'm cold, which I just don't think is true because colds are caused by viruses, not by changes in temperature. Now, the the reason why there might be a shred of actual uh, causation there is that. Apparently, your immune system can be knocked knocked down by by being cold, by being very cold. Sure. So, which just makes sense because chemical reactions happen at lower rates at lower temperatures, generally speaking. So, you know, is which would make you more susceptible to infection from an, a virus that was in the in the area at the time. So that's not that's not completely ridiculous. Nope. Nope. Here's one that's completely ridiculous. This is not one of the ones I put in the robot. I already loaded up the robot. I don't know why I'm bringing one up on the spot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, there's a lot in here. How about the full moon? Uh, the full moon thing. You know, well, about, like, you know uh, about this. People going crazy at the full moon. People going or, crazy or at the full a moon. werewolf thing. Where are you going with this? Uh, well, the werewolf thing is is maybe a bridge too far for this episode, but we already did a mermaid's episode. Luckily, it was lost. <laughs> was that the was that was, that one, was one of the lost okay. episodes? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Mermaids. Anyway, um, the, the full moon thing. People think that uh, it's, it's widely believed that there are more crimes and unexplainable behavior and emergency room admissions. And, and uh, you know, you ask, ask teacher. I saw a, a Facebook post about this from a teacher acquaintance of ours, a friend even, who said, I knew it was a full moon. The kids were nuts today. Within the last week, uh, because there was a full moon within the last week, mm-hmm. and you know, so this is commonly held belief that people act a little, a little nuts during the full moon. And you know, I'm, I, everyone in the world knows this is the least interesting thing to mention. But the word lunacy, of course, you know, has Luna right there at the front of it. The lunatics, they're on the Luna, grass. The lunatics, right, right. So, uh, and it, of course, it turns out that this is these are the sort of things that, if, if you care about the truth. You could actually test. You could actually, you know, check out. And it turns out they don't check out. There aren't more emergency room admissions or arrests or weird stories. It's just that everybody knows the story. You know, they remember the stories of the meth head who set himself on fire and ran down the street on the full moon night. But they forget all the meth heads who did that when it wasn't a full moon. Or they just, they don't, you know, they remember the detail that this was correlated with the full moon. They forget all the random crap that happens when the moon is in full. Okay, so I'm trying to learn all your skeptic jargon. So there's a, there's a fancy name for this, right? I, I would go with confirmation bias. Confirmation bias. Although That's some right. would call it the Texas sharpshooter fallacy. Texas sharpshooter That's right. fallacy. That's right. Uh, I don't even know if I want to That comes to from a joke. That. I'm going to explain it. It's too late. It comes from a joke where you you imagine that a uh, a Texan pulls a gun and and fires five rounds at the side of a barn and then walks up and draws a bullseye around a cluster of three and says, you know, I'm a fucking sharpshooter. Okay. You, you can, All right. Yeah. You can, yeah. 
Okay. If you get to define the boundaries, you can make any pattern you want. Yeah. Well, it's it, and then the general definition of confirmation bias is remembering the hits and forgetting the misses, which would also be a, a similar thing without cool. without the Texas joke. Yeah. Is that ping pong against Texans? A little bit. Yeah. I don't think we have any listeners in Texas that I'm aware of. I don't think so either. Dan Benjamin's the, a Texan. Yeah, that's prime 5x5 five five, uh, heartland right Oof. there. We, 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 it'll take us a while to crack into Texas, I think. You know, talking of which, before we get back to our topic, I wanted to... I, I, I meant to mention this in the in the follow-up or the fake follow-up, that I wanted to know where we were with the, uh, the Good Times radio network because there's two other shows ready to go live. Two other shows? You heard me. Does that mean you told me you had some story time with ski episodes? In the can. I do. Story time with ski is in the can. There's there's two solid episodes. There's a third one that I, I just need to put some work into. Or Neil does one of us, and I do, we are we are ready with skeptic. Really? Yeah. Have you recorded? Or? No. Okay. So maybe not as ready as I made it sound like. That's, but that's good. Though. We have we have the outline for the first show. We have an email address. We were able to get uh, skepticshow at gmail.com, so. Cool. So that's good. And we have the equipment, obviously, that we're talking to uh, as we literally speak. Yes, literally speaking. So we uh, we talked about my phone interview. Um, right. The, what I was working on for our episode pages, mm-hmm. I've scrapped. Okay. Rid it off as a prototype. Right. That technology stack, we'll call it, to use some software buzzwords. It's, it's, it was it was too too involved. It's not not a good thing. So scrap that. Had some good learnings, but uh, I am now driving forward with some different stuff hmm. and uh, made some progress. I've had you know silly technical hurdles to overcome as always. I won't have much time to work on it this week, but uh, yeah, I hope to have uh, something something up at least up and workable in the next couple of weeks. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we'll get that first. We'll get the first episode, maybe the second one, which we already have some notes for. We'll get them in the can and and edit it up. You know, we're actually waiting on permission to use a piece of music for our our bumpers and stickers. Ooh. So we're not quite ready to go live to the inner interwebs. Yeah, we're waiting for, to hear back for, from the artist. For us, for this show, or for story time? No, for uh, skeptic. Oh, okay. We, we we pick something out that we both really like and think it's perfect. But I'm just waiting for the rights to clear, huh? Well, I just I sent a Facebook message to, to the artist. I didn't know how to. How, oh, how that's, that's that's a that's a and he's a, legitimate. He's a very busy that. man. He's Australian and he's very busy. So uh, he's upside down and busy, which means it could be a while before we hear back. Okay. So I I don't know, but you know that's not the we can we can go forward without that. I can do some other cool. jangly nonsense with the ukulele right? yeah, but, yeah. and make that the. But I, I really want a different sound, and, and we both. It was her idea, actually. It was it was my partner's idea. You know, I'm going to start calling her Melissa now. She she's going to be a because on the show she's going to be Melissa, a real podcast person. Yeah, so she needs it's going to be Matt and Melissa on okay. the on the other show. Okay, so I I don't have to. I don't have to anonymize her or uh, pseudonize her uh, every time from now on. I'm just okay. going to call her once. Yeah, and we have to. We still have to clear with the TCL. Um, oh, we haven't gotten to that. Huh? Are we allowed to call him, or do we have to have to bleep it out? You might be bleeping again. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was bleeped just now on the episode. <laughs> bleeping hell! That's so meta. All right, all um, right. Uh, anyway, back to the topic of conventional wisdom. What did you, What did you come up with? Um. So, the things that uh, that this put in my mind were how bad people can be at risk assessment. Sometimes um, mm. they they, uh, they can be really worried about something that's really really unlikely to happen, but you know, then like jump on their motorcycle to drive home. Um, like the side effects from a vaccine, for example. Yes, the side effects from a <laughs> vaccine versus driving on the highway. Right. Um, One of which is much more dangerous than the other. Yeah, so my example was, you know, the, the this is interesting. Ter- terrorist attack versus uh, highway deaths or, uh, you know, traffic accidents. Yeah. Um, and just just think how, how many, how, how further along the robot cars could be if, I don't know, they have, have the NSA budget and put it towards robot cars. Okay. This is. This seems like a complicated argument. Uh, are you, you're saying that the NSA should worry less about terrorists? Well, isn't that kind of their job? Uh, I don't want to. 
We and we are absolutely yeah. not going to talk about Edward okay. Snowden, but we can't talk about this. Uh, but <laughs> you're saying that, that too much effort is put is put into preventing terrorist attacks. I'm saying that way too much effort is put toward something with a very low likelihood. Hmm. So you're talking about like TSA security theater. In that's the- that's better. That's a better example. Yeah. Um, you know the. So now uh, I have to put my f***ing shampoo in a little plastic bag. Exactly, because... yes. The plots that have been foiled from everyone taking their shoes off. Hey, they got off. those f***ers with the print cartridges, though, in, in Germany. They caught them. They had, they had print cartridges they had, they had full bomb, of explosives. They had explosive print cartridges. Wow. Yeah, they caught them. That, that plan was – and it was foiled, I think, by signal intelligence and not by the uh, – the, <laughs> Not by the the brilliant agents at the airport. Okay, well, there's there's one one tick for the NSA, I guess. Uh, for the, the SIGINT guys. Well, I'm not sure it was American single intelligence, but it, it might have been. Um, your your dog is certainly is suddenly very excited. There's a strange squeaking that has developed in the wall. Crash is fascinated. We might get our bark here in a minute. What's that? I think it's an electronic. Animal. I don't think it's a real animal. It's an Ibo. We've been in, invaded by Ibo. This, this is weird, Jody. We're at the workshop. It's it's not early. It's it's well after nine o'clock at this point. It's late. Yeah. And there are children in the next workshop over. <laughs> your dog. Be, your dog's excited. Playing Konami games, handheld video games. I hear at least at least two children, and now at least two adults. I think they might be people living here, Johnny. That's pretty wild. Well, people live all kinds of ways. People under the stairs. That's okay, Crash Talk. It's okay. Anyway. All right. So, yeah, you know, they should have been suspicious of people with that much printer ink on them because that stuff is really expensive. expensive. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So that right there should be raising red flags. Um, You know, the risk uh, risk assessment thing is a great example. People worry too much in general, but generally speaking, they worry about the wrong things. And the, when you, you put that on the robot, what it made me think of is the fact that you're something like five times more likely to murder yourself than to be killed by a stranger. I like that one. So <laughs> like, your mental health is much more important than the locks on your doors. Huh. Like, you know, cause so we have this whole entertainment culture around Murder and serial murder is very exciting to Americans. My wife is creepily obsessed with it. You know, there's, there's, there's books, there's endless TV media shows about, you know, the police procedurals about gruesome crimes. And so we, we lock our doors, uh, we double check the locks, we, we keep firearms in our house to protect us from these maniacs. But in reality, you're much more likely to use that firearm on yourself if your, your mental health isn't isn't good. You're much more likely to kill yourself than to be murdered. Wow. You need to be kind to yourself. You know, not worry so much about the lock on your door. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So that, that's just another example of people worrying one. too much and, and about the wrong things. Yeah. yeah, and there are lots of health examples about that, you know. Yeah. Not quite taking the the long view on things sometimes and maybe mm-hmm. worrying about being struck by lightning, but, you know, not eating right or something. Lightning scares the shit out of me, though, sometimes. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think I'm as uh, fearless as – here's another – you know, I think what this episode is really about is that we're getting older, Jody, uh, okay. <laughs> despite our, our, our nominal topic. Because uh, here's another thing. I never remember being scared by lightning. I remember like cheering and the closer it got, the more exciting I thought it was when I was a kid. Okay. And not uh, – within the last uh, year or two, I was working on Ski's boat – and I was doing some wiring, and this is a sailboat uh, with a you know probably forty foot tall mast or, okay. or there there thereabouts, and uh, and there was a like bad lightning storm moving in, and the the hits were getting, and I was down below, you know, so I couldn't really see, but it was just getting loud, and like <laughs> I became, I bet that was loud. I was I became completely preoccupied with the idea of of. Lightning hitting the mast, and knowing damn well that the mast didn't run, there was that this boat was not grounded in any way. It didn't have one of those earthing plates on the outside of the hull because okay. it's, it's really small. It's meant it's like a trailerable sailboat, so it doesn't it doesn't have a very 
well-thought-out earthing system. <laughs> By which I mean it has none. And I'm thinking, if lightning strikes this mass, which is easily the tallest thing on this block, and lightning is already struck within this block, because, and I know it because I saw it out the window. I feel like I saw it out the window. I don't know if I really saw it. I might have been imagining it. It's just super loud and scary. <laughs> and I'm down there, you know, with wire cutters and like I'm trying to wire in like the, the, the GPS and depth sounder apparatus and all that bullshit. <laughs> and I'm thinking, if it strikes this mass, I will be part of the path to ground for, for sure, just because I'm in the cabin. You know, and I, at some point I couldn't, and you know, I was telling myself to be calm. You know, yes, the mass of the facility is taller than all the buildings uh, in the immediate vicinity and, and most of the trees. And yes, it is aluminum and, and it does terminate uh, just a few feet above my head. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, there's honestly, what are the chances? And then I just, you know, I could only do it for so long. And then there was another big boom. And I was like, F- it, I'm out of here. And I, like dropped my tools in the just left them where they were. Ran out of the the hatch, barely didn't even properly close it, and just ran to the house. And there was another lightning blast, uh, like in that immediate vicinity, while I was running to the house. And I dove, <laughs> like it was like it was a <laughs> like it was the Lethal Weapon three or something. <laughs> <laughs> and a bomb had gone off behind me. I like dove for the ground. Both Chris, who's not a listener, so he won't he won't hear about this, and. I think Eric wasn't there. He was out running an errand or something, but Chris was up there in the screen cage, and I think he saw me dive and, like, hit the ground. But I, I played – when I came in, I just pretended it didn't happen, and he didn't mention it. And, like, then I was in within the Faraday cage of the uh, screened uh, porch enclosure, and I felt okay. I went – and then, then I could set, sit there and, and enjoy the storm, but – scared the shit out of me, Judy. <laughs> I'll be honest. It scared the crap out of me. And I never used to get scared. I never used to get scared by turbulence on airplanes. And now that makes me a little more anxious than I'm willing to admit. Except that I just did on my podcast. You know, I never used to get scared by... I don't know. By by the machinations of my own body, for example. And now sometimes, you know, you get like a little heartburn. I'm like... Uh, uh, uh. Am I... Uh, is this supposed to be happening? Am I having a am I having a heart attack? Am I having a stroke? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, like this is uh, this is something I did not expect from getting older. All right. Well, I, I don't know. Can you blame people for believing silly things? Then yes, yes, I can. You're still going to. I'm going to. Okay. All right. Well, here's the thing. You, it's easy to fall into these cognitive traps of believing silly things because we're literally hardwired for it by evolution. You know, we, we fall into these mental traps. The reason that these logical fallacies are universal is because we all have the same hardware or wetware or whatever you want to consider your brain. We all have evolved with the same basic machinery upstairs. So we all fall into the same cognitive pitfalls. Okay. And then this is why, this is why I think, in, in my not so humble opinion, that uh, the tools of skepticism are so valuable because they are the only way to guard against these things that we know we all do. We know for sure we all worry too much and about the wrong things. And we know for sure that we tend to, uh, we tend to believe arguments from anecdote, especially when those anecdotes are personal to us, even if, uh, even if the preponderance of scientific evidence tells us that we're full of crap. You know, we, we, that's true for all of us. It's true for me. It's true for you. It's true for the smartest of us and then, and the least. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. That's, that's why I want to learn all your fancy skeptic terms. And that's why, you know, and more importantly, learn the, the patterns behind them. I think, I think the, that's where it's at. You're definitely onto something there. That's where it's at. And it, it made me really happy the other night when you said you were, you were teaching some of these mm. things to your students. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've turned my physics honors class into uh, skepticism 101. And like I said to you uh, that night, well, that's for that's for your other show, maybe. Oh, okay. I, don't to, I don't want to steal content from there, but uh, right. we can leave that. But the, a couple, the couple other things I wanted to mention, which are related in a, a sort of general way to your your point about risk assessment, and what people worry about. There's been some some more evidence recently, which is lined up perfectly with the preponderance of evidence up to this point about multivitamins, about taking vitamins. Um, and there's, there's 
three new, for fairly new studies that suggest that, once again, in line with previous research, that there's just, there's no benefit. There's no benefit from taking multivitamins. It just doesn't work. Yeah. I was, I was glad you included that. I thought that was a really good example. And, you know, for once, Matt gave me links and I actually went and, and read them. Mm. Uh, they, they seem like, uh, they were longer term studies than I thought they were going to be. That was hard. Yeah. yeah. So those were, <laughs> those were ongoing for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and this is not, and if you, if you want to, if you want to dip into this, listeners, if you're, if you think I'm full of crap, I do have, I do have the evidence on my side here, but there are, you know, there are some caveats. For example, we know that prenatal vitamins work and that, that women who are going to be pregnant or who are pregnant should be, should be taking certain kinds of vitamins because, uh, because deficiencies are very common. Uh, we know that all kinds of specific vitamin deficiencies produce all kinds of like really wacky uh, symptoms. Scurvy. Well, scurvy is a great example. Very, very. Right? So if there's if there's any, for any reason your diet is restricted, and therefore the, it's likely that you would be deficient in a certain nutrient, a macronutrient, or, or a specific vitamin, then supplementation may be the right answer. And supplementation does work in in those cases. But <laughs> all that said, for the vast majority of us. Multivitamins don't add any any benefit. There, there literally is no benefit. All they do is make your pee more expensive. They, you, you just you just pee out, and the mega dosing thing is another thing. I don't know. Did I include anything about the mega dosing? There was a bit about that. Okay, because um, that's that's been popular. Mega dosing on vitamin C if you think you're getting a cold. Mega dosing on vitamin C for cancer. Mega dosing on vitamin whatever the hell for whatever the. <laughs> none of that works. You literally just pee it all. You you pee it out because your body can't absorb it. You just can't. This is this thing about bioavailability, and there are some unanswered questions about why it is that you can't just eat tofu and a multivitamin. You know why can't you get all the the, the vitamins you need from a pill? Because you can't. Like your body won't take them in the same way it takes them from food. Yeah. And there's some mystery there because it seems like you know if there's a certain amount of riboflavin or whatever in broccoli and can i get the same amount in a pill and the answer is no no like we know empirically that the answer is no that your body doesn't take the same amount from the pill as it would from the broccoli but we can't i can't nobody can tell us why at, at least right now have you ever gotten into when the vitamin or the mineral or whatever it is gets hooked to an amino acid mm. Or a bit of pro. I think they call it chelation. It's called chelation. No, oh, uh, chelation to, is a... to make it easier for your body to uptake. Like it had been broken out of the food, but it just so happens to be supplied in the pill that way. I don't know. Some people swear by this stuff. So Ooh. you seem chelation. Chelation. That's a big red flag for me. Chelation is a uh, a whole pseudoscience unto itself. Oh no! This was th this is what I'm looking for. Is the technical term of. Something hooked to an amino acid so that it is more digestible. Mm. Well, that's you know, as you know, I'm not a not a biologist, but <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, that might be over my pay grade. Okay. Uh, but I know that the term chelation is used for therapies where certain chemicals are introduced to the system in order to bind with heavy metals and help remove them from the system. So chelation therapies are effective in turn in cases of heavy metal poisonings. And are still used for that, but pseudoscientists claim that chelation therapies do everything from cure cancer to cleanse your aura, and there have been there have been deaths because chelation was used in place of actual medicine, and I, I think the the products of chelation can be toxic on their own when when misused. I think it's the same term, just used in a different way. To be honest, maybe you know we'll we'll have to at least you're trying may or may not regret that error next week, <laughs> but. Um, but the multivitamin stuff is pretty strong. You know, if you, um, if we did have a, a page for this, this episode of this show, it would have those links. Ouch. Yes, it would. <laughs> You've supplied them here nicely in the, in the show notes. They are there in the robot. All right. What else you got? You had, you had other good ones too. Yeah. The multivitamin one I think was a good one. Uh, what else, what else did I have? Oh yes. Oh God. The wine. Uh, oh, the wine one. Well, yeah. that's fitting. Here, pass me that bottle. Okay. Here you go. As Jody hands me the wine bottle. 
which was not terribly expensive. So I put in the in the robot a couple of studies about about wine and wine tasting and the and the skills of so-called experts. I think I put a whole bunch of studies, right? And I put like five or six. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the conventional wisdom, I guess, is that well. I wouldn't. I don't think there are many people so unsophisticated as to argue that more expensive wine is always better, because everybody's had that experience of finding something really good that was inexpensive, and or finding something inadequate that was overpriced. Yeah, but these these studies were more focused on: could someone reliably tell the difference? Could someone reliably reliably rate? Right. rate a wine the same way every time? And that's where I think the conventional wisdom angle is stronger because I think too many people think about their wine knowledge and, and think of it as inadequate and say, I don't know enough about wine to choose at this restaurant or I don't know enough about wine to uh, to bring a bottle to dinner without embarrassing myself or, or whatever. Or describe the mouthfeel correctly. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, sure, sure, you know. And I feel like at the risk of sounding like a bit of an ass, I feel like I do know enough about wine. When has that ever stopped you? Yeah, right. I do know enough about wine to, you know, if I if I say that it has uh, a smoky mouth feel and has notes of tobacco and red currant, like I'm not faking it, you know. But it turns out that experts are just as full of the rest of us when 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 tested <laughs> when tested in blinded conditions. Uh, experts. Experts fail. So you're and see, this is why I think people should be more confident in their wine knowledge. Your, your wine knowledge is it might be just as good. In fact, if, if you if you can reliably pick a bottle that you like, even though you might, even though there's a great chance you might be tricking yourself into thinking that you like it because of how you picked it. <laughs> uh, because it, there was an animal on the label. Oh, I well. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wish I hadn't said that. I, I still do have that rule in effect. I won't yeah. buy any. I won't buy any bottle with an animal on the label. There's no animal. No, nope. no animal on this bottle. Check. Yeah, but my my favorite one was they they served the the, uh, oh, the, the snooty the, wine experts, the experienced wine snobs. They served them the same white wine, white wine tinted red. Yeah, they served it as white, like as it normally would be, and then they also put odorless, flavorless food coloring in it to make, to make it, it appear. Red. As red wine. And when it was served as white wine, they described it as experts would do a white wine. When it was served as red wine, even though it was chemically <laughs> indistinguishable, there's no reason their palate should detect a difference, yeah. their vision, just seeing the fact that it was red, red. Yeah. completely changed the way they described yeah. it. And they described it with red wine terms. Yeah. And, yeah. There were more red red color terms as well, which, yes. was, which was funny. It was very funny. That was my favorite of those studies as well. Yeah, it was really good. It was... Um, that that made me wonder how much of your conventional wisdom jag here is really just the patterns of human beings superimposing themselves on reality. Is that what is that what hmm. is that what makes you mad? Superimposing Not themselves makes on you reality. Mad, but, can uh, you can you unpack that a little bit for me? Superimposing themselves on reality. It's hard not to anthropomorphize things sometimes. That's way too big of a word. That sounds too douchey. Especially when you add an extra syllable to it, like you anthropomorphizing. Just did. Anthropomorphize. Anthropomorphizing. That doesn't sound right either. Cut all this out. Right. <clears throat> it's really hard not to project yourself onto the world. Mm -hmm. um, the example I have here is <laughs> is a is a podcast example. Did you did did you see this? I put this in. I don't know. It's been it's been in here a while, but maybe maybe you haven't seen it. No, I never so, saw this one. Uh, the virology podcast that I listen to. Hmm. Not the not the kind of virus you might be thinking that I be listening to on a podcast this this would be the kind of virus that makes you sick hmm. um okay. but uh they're constantly correcting themselves when they say something like the virus wants to do this yeah like, viruses don't want to do anything it's that's the way you're thinking about it yeah um, i don't i don't i don't actually have a huge problem with that i can understand why they want to try to sterilize their podcast of that uh because that's their bag yeah but I don't have a huge problem with that. Okay, but uh, as relating to, you know, conventional wisdom, the, is is this the patterns that people have in their brains that that make us easily fooled in certain ways? Yeah. They show themselves in conventional wisdom. Absolutely, they do. Absolutely, they do. 
Yeah, and because there's an evolutionary advantage to false positives over false negatives, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, for example, there's an advantage to every every time you look at a bush and and it moves a certain way, you're better off thinking it's a tiger than thinking it's not a tiger. Because if you think it might be a tiger, you're going to take evasive action, which some of the time is going to save your life, some small proportion of the time, right? Like me running up to the house. Uh, the the <laughs> sailboat, okay. by the way, the, in case the in case listeners were wondering, the sailboat was not struck by lightning that day. I sat there once I was within the safety of this, this green cage. I sat there and, and enjoyed the storm, and the sailboat was not struck by lightning that day. Okay. And the, the chances of it having been struck by lightning were probably vanishingly small. But from an evolutionary perspective, the bug out reflex was impossible to ignore <laughs> for me. You know, and I'm I'm you know, I'm a physics guy. I'm a stats guy too, and I still I still ran like a little girl from that sailboat. So that's those are the patterns in human behavior that I'm talking about, where we see patterns where they don't exist. We tend to get our preconceived narratives. Confirmed by every little bit that's even remotely hinting in that direction, and ignore everything that ignore everything that goes in a different direction. Uh, you know that's the confirmation bias stuff, okay. and that's and that's what conventional wisdom uh, that's what conventional wisdom is is built on, and that's why. And you're right, this is a big skeptic jag, but that's why we need to be aware of these things, and we need to subject every bit of information to the same level of uh, scrutiny. And we need to have the same standards of evidence for everything. That sounds exhausting. Well, you know, yes and no. You, well, so, okay, so then you then you get to apply the rest of your heuristics, which you can improve and make less exhausting through training yourself in basic, basic skepticism, right? Like you can improve your heuristics. So a heuristic, for anyone who is not comfortable with that word, is just it's a mental shortcut. It's It's something that is is likely to work most of the time. If there's smoke, there's probably fire. Is that literally true every time? No. Some of the time it's fog. Some of the time things smolder and there's smoke and there literally is no fire. But if there's smoke, there's fire is a decent heuristic. So like if I if I saw smoke in a room where I wasn't expecting it, I would start to get concerned about the presence of fire. You know? Like that's that's reasonable. Okay. Uh but that that's an example of a heuristic. So uh, but then there are times, there, you know, not all heuristics are created equal. So you can fine-tune your heuristics and you can learn where their limits are, you know. And then you, you can apply better ones like Occam's Razor, which is just a heuristic, right? Occam's Razor doesn't guarantee that you land on the correct solution. It just suggests which solutions are more likely to be correct than others. Okay. But, it, it, it you know, it's not the same as evidence. It's a heuristic. All right, so we had some really good on-topic stuff on the Big Blue Network. Should we should we talk about that for a second? You're saying I'm wildly off-topic, is what? No, you're no, no, that's not what I meant. <laughs> all right, all right, yeah, yeah. No, there were there were for, so, for the listener. We had we had good uh, yeah, before yeah, yeah. the show. Here it is. Here it is. Feedback for once. So, um, did she have a pseudonym? I thought she did, and I can't come up with it. Crap. But but uh, she points out that. Uh, that Matt is probably going to be good with any conventional wisdom that is scientifically provable. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, not okay with it when it is proven otherwise sure. or false. Uh, well, and anything in between can only be categorized as advice. Yeah, I like your last sentence. Yeah. Answering your original question, conventional wisdom is right when it can be scientifically proven and wrong when it is disproven. Everything that falls in between should be reclassified as advice. Well put. I agree. What do you think? You got anything else? Should we wrap it? <laughs> you want to butt this up? Button it up. <laughs> you had a men and women thing. Oh, man. I don't think we can. We should get into that. No? Uh-uh. Okay. But, yeah, I mean, gender bias is crazy. Yeah. Um, <sighs> That's a big one, though. I might want to, I don't know. We might, we might should have a conversation at some point about whether or not to publish negative results for science. Of course negative results should be published. Talk, takes, about, talk who, about the file drawer effect and all who that. Takes them? 
Well, it doesn't have to be a journal anymore. That's the, the, the thing. In the Internet age, all clinical trials, every clinical trial should be registered, and all of the evidence should be searchable. Whether or not it makes it to the, the, you know, to the BMJ or to nature or science, it should still be searchable. I understand they, they need to, you know, they need to guard their readership and by publishing splashy stuff. And there's a reason, there's, there's good reason for there to be prestigious journals that publish landmark stuff. You know, that, that f***ing carrot out in front of the scientific community is valuable, I would argue. Okay. You think it's still valuable? I agree. I, I, I do. I do. I do think it's still valuable. But the file drawer effect is a real problem. And the publication bias, and uh, you know, I, I think that's a, that's a real problem. And I think the results of all clinical trials should be searchable. And not just results. Results... And obviously, you know, methods, because not all clinical trials are valid. Some of them are stupid. Some of them are badly done. Yes, that's true. Some of them are very silly. So, okay, I accidentally brought up another topic there. I apologize. Yeah, I was really afraid you were going to bring up homeopathy in this episode. <laughs> uh, no, no. I'm waiting to to, uh, to be guest hosted on another show for that. Because apparently conventional wisdom on homeopathy is that it means uh, natural. People have no idea what homeopathy actually means. Okay, yeah. Right. I think if they did, they'd be much angrier. Yeah, right? Yeah. That's why I want to tell them. I yeah. want to tell them all. Spread the word of your anger about homeopathy. 